Welcome to The Life Podcast. We're so glad you're joining us for another hope-filled message. We pray that you're encouraged by this powerful word from our Sunday service. But on this day, I just thought, what would you share on a day that we've called Transition Sunday? Because it's really important that uh, we are all brought on the journey. I know some of you have done the journey a little bit longer than others. Some of you are visiting for the very first time. And if that is you, we welcome you. We're so glad that you are here. Can we one more time, church, put our hands together for those visiting? We appreciate your time here today. We appreciate the courage it takes to step into a new environment, particularly an environment like this. So thank you and well done. And if you have any questions whatsoever, please see someone in a Here to Help shirt and they will make sure that you find your necessary places and spaces that you need to go today. That would be awesome. Uh, 27 years ago, for those of you who do not know, Kath and I and uh, 10 other people planted what was called Victory Christian Centre. And it had a name change from Victory Christian Centre to Victory Church over the years. But after 27 years, we felt to, to embrace our new season as Life Adelaide. And over the last 27 years, there's been a lot of changes. There really has. There's been fashion changes. There's been hairstyle changes. Uh, I have fond memories about our past, but when I look at the photos, I often think, what were you thinking and what were you wearing? I have two brothers and they played it a lot safer over the last 27 years, so they look pretty same, same. But for me, I'm thinking, what was I wearing? And my hair, I had hair down here when we first started the church and then it was up here, Then it's, now it's what it is. And uh, so there's been lots of changes, hairstyle changes, fashion changes. There's been venue changes and the size of the church has changed and the style of the church has changed as we've moved into our future. And as wonderful as all of that is, It hasn't always been easy. Why? Because change is not always easy. And the reason change is not always easy is because of people's response when it comes to change. How many would agree with me that people have a love-hate relationship when it comes to change? We have a love-hate relationship when it comes to change. I say that because we love change when it suits us. If I was to give you a new car, you would embrace that change. You would just throw your old car out and you would embrace a new car. If I gave you a new home, you would embrace the new home. See, we like change when it suits us. If I said to you, everyone's getting a free holiday. I kind of feel a bit like Oprah Winfrey today. Everyone's getting a free holiday. If I was to give you a free holiday, newsflash, it's a day of celebration, but you're not getting a holiday, not for me at least. But if I was to, sorry about that. If I was to give out a free holiday, you would, you would not think about it, you would not pray about it, you would just receive it. It's something new and we love new things when it suits us. We hate it though when change makes us feel either uncomfortable, uncertain, or it feels to us unnecessary. Would that be fair to say? So we love change when it suits us, but when it doesn't suit us, we find it hard to embrace. And so today, I want to spend some time talking about change and transition and some things about change and transition today to help us in our journey. I know, and I just want to say on behalf of Kath and myself, and I just want to say thank you because the response has been overwhelmingly positive. And so I just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you for making a big decision like this so much easier with your positive feedback and your positive response. 
Nonetheless, I thought it would still be interesting for us and worthwhile for us just looking at change and transition just so that we all come on the journey. So if you're struggling with this change, hopefully this will help you. If you're settled in this change, hopefully it will give you language for why you feel as settled as you do. So number one, when it comes to change and transition, this is what I know about change. Change is the requirement for existence. Change is the requirement for existence. The continuation of any organisation or anything at all depends on change. Without change, things die. And here's a newsflash. Maybe you want to write this down. The whole idea of change is to preserve that which does not change. So we have a Gospel that does not change. But in order to preserve that Gospel, we need to change some things to preserve that which does not change. Does that make sense? Turn with me if you would to Matthew chapter 20, verse 18. Jesus speaking, it says, Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptising them in the Name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And surely, this is the good news, I am with you always to the very end of the age. What you'll notice about this passage of Scripture that we call the Great Commission and the Great Commandment. What you'll notice about this is the what is very clear. And the what does not change. The what is this, make disciples. Jesus said, I want you to make disciples 2000 years ago. And He's saying today, I want you to make disciples. I want you to build my church through making disciples. That what has not and will not ever change. Also, it says where? It tells us to go into all nations. Wherever we go, we are to preach the Gospel and tell people of the good news of the love of Christ. And not just tell them, but model the good news. That does not change. Where we go does not change. The what and the where do not change. But what you'll notice about this passage of Scripture is there is no mention of the how. The how can change. The how is fluid. What worked a week ago may not work today. What worked a year ago may not work today. What worked 10 years ago, for the most part, will definitely not work today. And so we need to be fluid in our how. And for us to transition from Victory Church into Life Adelaide is us embracing our future. And uh, I want to say with all of my heart that we're really, really excited about that. Why? Because change is the requirement for existence. Secondly, change is always personal. Change is always personal. Turn to the person next to you and say, it's personal. You see, even when you change a system, a structure or some technology, that in itself is not personal, but the reality is someone is behind that system, structure or technology. Someone is operating that system, structure or technology and to them it becomes personal. People are involved in those changes and that's why it affects us. And sometimes it's why we get sad, upset and disappointed. And you know what? All those things in and of themselves are not necessarily wrong. If you feel sad, upset and disappointed when you're facing major change, that in and of itself doesn't make you a bad person. As I always say, it just makes you a person. And what we've got to do is make sure that our feelings don't lead us into our future. Our feelings must be managed. Our feelings must be surrendered to faith. 
So feeling sad, disappointed, upset, whenever you're facing major change in your life, be it in your family, be it in your workplace, be it in your local church, it's okay to feel those things. On Vision Sunday, I said, it's okay to feel whatever you feel, just don't be led by those feelings. Let's be men and women of faith. And I used Abraham as the example. He was told specifically by God to go up to the mountain and sacrifice his son. And he was faithful in that. But I wanna tell you, if he didn't feel sad, if he didn't feel upset, if he didn't feel a little bit confused, I would be very, very surprised. But he was faithful. He didn't allow his feelings to rob him of his faith. He was fully convinced that God had the power to do that which He said He would do. And so church, no matter what you're feeling, I want you to be led by faith, not your feelings alone. And the third thing about change is this, change is situational, and this is a big one, but transition is psychological. In other words, change is our practical response, but transition is our mental response. And often it's the change that does us in, not necessarily, uh, sorry, it's not the change that does us in, it's more the transition. And the thing is, you can't have lasting change without transition. If you want the change to last, you must shift mentally. You must make a mental shift if you wanna keep a hold of the change. Otherwise, the change won't last. The battlefield really is in the area of the mind. Think for a moment about a a young couple that get married. Prior to marriage, they were living as single people. And when they get married, there's a lot of change. There's a ring on the finger. There's a new home and a new address that they live at. There's a lot of physical, situational changes. But if you don't make a mental shift and you continue to live as a single person in a married environment, it causes tension. And if you don't make that mental shift from single to married, it doesn't matter how big the home is, how nice the home is, how good the dog is. If you're thinking like a single person, it will put pressure in a married environment. Change is not the problem, the transition is. It's not the physical change, it's the mental change that often catches us off guard. And so we need to make those changes. And we see that all the time in church, people give their life to Jesus and they make a a change but they don't change their thinking. And so they struggle and they they find, I'm not good enough for the church, but I don't enjoy the world anymore. And they live in this horrible middle ground. And I wanna encourage you, we've gotta make the shift mentally if we're to embrace any change. Is this helpful this morning? And right now I'm talking about our journey as a church, but I'm not just talking about our journey as a church. I'm talking about any major change that you will face in your life. It's not just enough to embrace the change. We have to make the mental shift in order for that change to last. Otherwise, what's gonna happen, and we see this all the time in marriages, it ends ends in separation, it ends in divorce, it ends badly. And I'm convinced there's many, many people that walk down the aisle in love, wanting to live together forever, but because they didn't make that mental shift, what they desired never happened. And I believe that can change if we are willing to make the shift. You see, change is not the problem, transition is. Change causes transition, transition causes loss, And it's the losses, let's be honest, it's the losses, not the changes that we react to. And my job as a leader is to put into words why it's time to leave behind and what it's time to leave behind and also how we came to those conclusions. 
And so on this Transition Sunday, I wanna highlight three things that have helped me make this decision the best possible decision I can make for our future. And hopefully it will bring you on a journey for where we're at as a church, but also you can write these things down to help you whenever you are facing change and transition in your life. So in light of this transition, hopefully this will help us to embrace change and also manage transition. And the first one is this, you ready for it? Godly revelation. If we are gonna make change and transition and do it well, we need to know that we have heard from God. We've heard it said many times before, a good idea is not enough. It needs to be a God idea. You know, a God idea is a good idea, but a good idea doesn't necessarily mean it's a God idea. And obviously this transition for us is a good idea, but was it a God idea? And in order for us to know whether it's a God idea, we need to hear from God. And this, through this transition, you heard me speak on Vision Sunday about how God spoke to me out of the book of Luke, Luke chapter five, and the two boats coming together. I felt God spoke to me in my heart of hearts about two boats coming together. Those boats were Peter's boat and John's boat. You see, Peter was fishing. And again, for more detail about this message, please feel free to get online and listen to our Vision Sunday message because it will bring you up to speed if you weren't there. Or if you need refreshing, have a listen. But in a nutshell, Peter was blessed by God. He got such a large catch of fish. Now just think about that for a moment. When God answers your prayers and blesses you, you think all your problems would be gone away with. And yet Peter found this blessing and this answer to prayer created more problems for him because the boat was so full of fish, he realised he needed help. And I believe with all my heart, God has positioned us, whether in lack or plenty, to rely on others. God wants us to work together and be dependent upon Him and be dependent upon other people. So God spoke to us as a church out of Luke chapter five. And He spoke about the benefits and the blessings of partnering with another boat or in our case, another church. No, I'm not gonna take up boating. I'm not taking up fishing. That's not the point of the message. It was a metaphor for what I believe God was saying to us as a church. And the benefits and blessings of us linking with another church, partnering with another church. But not just any partnership, not a partnership out of convenience, not a partnership out of control, but a partnership that was first relational. What I love about Peter, he called his partner boat. He didn't just call any boat. And this linking with the Life family isn't just any church. It's not just anybody. This is a church that we've been in relationship with for the last 10 years. And during that time, we've got to know Pastor Paul and Pastor Marie. We've got to know their incredible team. And I'll be honest with you, we've just fallen in love with them more and more and more. And so this is not a relationship out of convenience. It's not a relationship out of control. It's a relationship that is first and foremost founded on a relationship with God and a relational strength with the other church that we're in relationship with. Not only that, it was a resourcing partnership. We see that Peter and John were both better together. They both received a blessing through working together. They were able to help each other. And for us, we wanna make this transition from a position of strength. I've been around for a fair amount of time 
And I've seen a lot of people when they do make a decision with all due respect, because I love the church and I don't wanna speak ill of the church and I don't wanna speak of other pastors because what I know about most pastors, they are just doing their best and trying their best and they just wanna see the church grow and do the right thing. So with no disrespect, but I do wanna say what I have noticed is that when pastors and churches tend to move, they usually do it when it's too bad and too late. And I thought, man, wouldn't it be wonderful if we could model something, doing it from a position of strength, going early and doing it from a position of strength, which is not normal. It's a little unusual, but I thought, wow, that, uh, that fires my pioneer spirit, doing something and going first. And I thought, wow, what could happen if we move sooner rather than later? I've got a lot of years left in me. I've got a lot of ministry years left in me. I'm certainly not about to retire. And even if I wanted to, Lorraine Doyle wouldn't let me. And so we're gonna be around for a long period of time serving Jesus and rightly so. And I trust you join us on this incredible journey. But it was a relational partnership. It was a resourcing partnership, but also it was a rewarding partnership. It was a rewarding partnership. They had a big catch. And I wanna say church, this decision has been made based on it's all about the catch. I don't know, for those of you who remember on Vision Sunday, I mentioned that one of our board members, Jesse, who's here on the second row today, when I spoke to him and the board about this particular decision I was thinking of making, this is before we made the decision, this was just an opportunity for me to share what I was thinking. And Jesse looked me in the eye and said, look, we'll follow, we'll do whatever you feel to do, but I wanna be honest with you, as a businessman, I could never do that with my business. And I just felt God put something in my heart. And I said to him, Jesse, that's the difference between what you do and what I do. You see, this has never been my church. It never has been, never will be my church. And I know when I shared that on Vision Sunday, it had an impact in people's lives. And I trust and pray that we could embrace our future knowing that it's not about us so much as it's about the catch. What is best for the church? What is best for the next generation? What is best for the community of people that God has placed us in? And so when it comes to making a big shift, when it comes to making change and embracing transition, first you need a godly revelation. Say godly revelation. Secondly, you need external evaluation. See, it's not enough just to hear from God. It's not enough just to hear from God. We need some external evaluation. Why? Because we all have blind spots. We need someone in our world who sees what we don't see. And I don't care who you are. I don't care how wise you are, how mature you are. I don't care how old you are. The reality is we all have blind spots. And we need people in our world who will champion us, who will challenge us, and also who will correct us when and where necessary. And if you don't have someone in your world that will challenge you and champion you, and if and when necessary, correct you, you're missing out on one of the greatest gifts God has given to humanity. The Bible calls them fathers. Paul said it this way, he says, you have thousands, tens of thousands of guardians, but you don't have many spiritual fathers. He says, I became a spiritual father to you in Christ. Now, there's nothing wrong with guardians. There's nothing wrong with babysitters. There's nothing wrong with those who look after your kids. But those people in and of themselves are not gonna raise your children. And when I say fathers, I'm talking to the mums out there. I'm talking about spiritually 
wiser, more mature people that can speak into our lives. Paul talked about guardians. To me, a guardian would represent a podcast today. A guardian would represent a conference today, of which I love. I love both the conferences and I love the podcast. But what I want you to know, as much as you get out of those conferences and as much as you get out of those um, podcasts, those people you're listening to, for the most part, do not know you. And they do not pray for you by name. And they do not know your struggles. And they do not know the nuances that are going on in your world at any given time. All of those watching online, those people that you listen to and watch, even online as you are right now, unless there's some intimate understanding of who you are, ultimately, we can't speak into the situation. And Paul says, I became your father. My desire is to see spiritual mums and dads raised up. But not only that, that we would have spiritual sons and daughters who understand the value of having people speaking into their lives. Everyone loves someone who'll champion them, but we always don't like it when they challenge us and we certainly don't like it when they correct us. But to me, those people are invaluable. And when it comes to making this decision for this transition, I'm so grateful for the men in my life. And over the last 10 years, I've had two very loud apostolic voices speaking into my world. One is seated on the front row here, Pastor Danny Guglamucci, and I'm so grateful for him. And he continues to be a voice into my world and into my life, and I'm grateful for that. And the other one, of course, is Pastor Paul Diong himself. And so this decision was not just something I read in the Bible and felt, it's something I shared with Pastor Danny and Pastor Paul. And if the revelation is from God, it can withstand the people God has placed in your world. And so if we wanna make good transition, and so if you wanna sell your home, I say this all the time, that the times people, they lose a loved one and then they just wanna sell up and just move. I say, don't make any major decision when you're grieving. It's not that maybe it will lead to you moving and selling, but in this season, just, just hold off. I think that's fair. I think that's wise. And we need people who can speak into our lives like that. We need external evaluation. What I know about most people is they have the right conversations. They just have them with the wrong people. So we say, hey, look, I I heard this word from God and then we just go to our friends. And those friends for the most part can't help us. We need to go to someone who has a greater authority in our lives. I think of Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane when He was struggling and He says, Father, not my will, if this will, if this cup, sorry, can be removed from me, Now you imagine if Jesus went to Peter and said, hey, Peter, I'm struggling. If this cup can be at all removed from me, Peter, I'm all ears. Peter would have said, leave it with me, Jesus. Instead, he had the exact same conversation, but with his Father in heaven. Most of us have the right conversation. We just tend to have the right conversation with the wrong people and end up with the wrong result. So let's make sure we've got the right people in our world. In order for us to make change and transition and do change and transition well, we need a godly revelation. We need external evaluation. And then number three, and this is really important. We need self-investigation. Self-investigation. See, the external problems that we have are the result of internal issues. Who's found that to be true? The problems that we have outside usually stem from something that's going on on the inside of us. And you have to be able to deal with what's going on on the inside of you. And it's a battle that we all face and it's a battle that needs to be fought and won. You and you alone have to do the work and you have to dig deep. You have to dig deep. So you can receive great advice from a physical trainer. He might tell you the exercises to do. He might tell you the food to eat. He might tell you the amount of sleep you need. 
But unless you put that into practice, guess what? You'll never ever see the results of the good advice that you're receiving. We have to dig, we have to do the work. I say dig because the condition of the fruit in our lives is dependent upon the root issue. Now, if you look at a tree, where's the fruit? It's where everyone can see it. But where are the roots? They're in the ground. And in order to get to the root, you've got to dig. And only you can do the digging in your own life to find out what's really going on on the inside. And if I can be a little bit vulnerable with you today, what I've found about me when I do digging in my own life, particularly when I'm struggling with the decision that needs to be made, what I'll often find is either fear or pride at work. It's an amazing thing. We can point the finger and say, stop, you're being too harsh, you're doing this. I'm gonna leave this church. I'm gonna leave this marriage. I'm gonna leave this job. You're being too hard. But if we did a little bit of digging, we may find that maybe that's not the case. Maybe it's more to do with the fear or more to do with the pride on the inside of us. And I want you to know that through this decision, as much as I know it's God, as much as I've had the external input, I had to have a fight and I had to have a wrestle because certain thoughts came to mind. And I had thoughts like, but, but what after, if I do this, what about? And I had a few whatabouts. And I had to realise that those whatabouts really just founded on fear. And then I had some of those things, hang on a minute, 27 years, are you sure you want to do this? And then I think, hang on, what's that about? That's, that's just pride. That's just pride stopping you hearing God and, and, and listening to godly counsel. And so in my own life, I find these two things at play. Fear and pride. And yes, there's others, but just to help us on a journey today. If you're honest with yourself, how many of you have ever found there's a, a you know, the root issue is really, is really fear? Or, or, or maybe it's just pride. After all I did for them. Do you know when it comes to our giving, Sunday by Sunday, you can give out of fear. You can actually give out of fear. You can say, if I, if I don't give today, God won't love me. You can give out of fear. You can also not give out of fear. I can't afford to give. Those two responses can determine what you do and they're both motivated by fear. And the Bible says a perfect love casts out all fear. So God doesn't want us making decisions either to give or not give on fear. But do you know you can actually give out of pride? And the ones who give out of pride, we we like to be seen. We We like to let everyone know exactly how much we're giving. I thank God I'm not like that guy who only gave a little bit. I, I gave a lot. We can, we can give out of pride. And we cannot give out of pride. I've worked really hard for this money. I'm not gonna part with it. So you can give out of fear and not give out of fear. You can give out of pride and you cannot give out of pride. It's an amazing thing to me. And yet God wants us to give out of love. And so it's just a great way to examine why am I giving? Why do we give this morning? Or why did we not give? And when we work out why we gave and what we not gave, then we can make some changes. Because we don't want to be people that create more problems because we miss the root issues of what God is trying to do in our lives. I think one of the biggest problems that the church is facing is that there's Christians who are doing things out of the wrong motivation. And so as a result, the people we're trying to reach don't actually hear the message because they're watching, but they're not feeling. They're watching, but they're not hearing. They're watching, but they're not receiving. If it's not done out of love, if it's not done out of the benefit of our community, then we need to make a shift. 
And we'll only be able to make that shift if and when we know what the problem really is. I've shared a few times before that in 2016, I had to go to hospital, but for the first three days, they didn't know what was wrong with it. They just knew I was in a lot of pain. And for those first three days, it was horrible. Not only because of the pain I was enduring, but because they didn't know what the problem was. And because they didn't know what the problem was, they couldn't treat the problem. And so after three days, I got this great news. Tony, you've got a blood infection. And if we don't get on top of it, you're going to die. I'm like, oh, thank you. Oh, that's such good news. Why? Because at least now they can treat it. It was a great day when they found out that it was a blood infection. Why? Because now we can deal with it. And if you've got a bit of pride in you, the day you find out there's pride in you, that's a great day. If you've got a bit of fear in you, the day you find that out, that's a great day because we can now deal with the fear. We can deal with the pride. We can deal with the insecurity. We can deal with all those things and move forward in Jesus' name. You know, as uh, the musicians come, that'd be great. Many years ago, I was a young pastor in my 20s. Seems like a long time ago now. But we were part of a team that had incredibly gifted men and women on it. And they certainly ticked all the boxes when it came to the fivefold ministry gifts. And I thought, wow, what can be achieved with all these incredible gifts? These fivefold ministry gifts working together. I, I felt so privileged and such an a, a incredible privilege to be part of such an incredible team. And over the years, though some good things were done, it never landed the way I was led to believe it could land. And it set me on a journey, even as a young pastor. Why is it? that we've got this incredibly gifted bunch of men and women and yet it doesn't seem to work together. And I felt God take me on a journey about the difference between gifts and fruit. And that's why I'm so passionate about those things today. See, gifts are given from God. And when God gives you a gift, He does not take it off you. You live with it for the rest of your life. And that's why some of you are just really good at certain things and you're not good at other things because God gifts you. And if we put in the work, we will get really good at what God gifts us at. And if you're a Christian and then you're not a Christian, if you go to church and don't come to a church, the gift will live with you. Gifts are given, but fruit is grown. Fruit is a responsibility on our part. And I started asking myself, why is it that the pastor doesn't tend to work well with the evangelist. Why can't they be on the same team? Why can't we use the gift of the pastor and the gift of the evangelist to build the church? And I came up with this thought. I think it's in and around the issue of fruit. Because for a pastor to work with an evangelist, he not only has to be a pastor, he has to be a secure pastor. When the pastor stands on stage and preaches week after week, year after year, and you know, handfuls get saved, but when the evangelist gets up there, sneezes and hundreds get saved. And that happens. That happens. It happens. It doesn't seem fair. It doesn't seem right. And at that moment, the pastor has to be really secure. It doesn't matter how gifted he is, he has to be secure. But can you imagine the evangelist who's sneezing and seeing hundreds of people say, he has to be really humble. Because if he starts thinking he's better than the pastor after all the work he's doing, they're not going to be able to work together. And, and I, I feel that God is bringing the church to a place where we understand more than ever before that it's not just enough to have the gifts. We've got to have the fruit. We've got to have the security. We've got to have the humility. We've got to have the love, the joy, the peace, the patience, the kindness, the goodness, the faithfulness, the humility and the self-control in order for us to work together. Why I'm so excited about this season is because I get to live out something of a boyhood dream. I get to live out something I felt God speak to me about in my early 20s 
about why gifts didn't work together. And now we have an opportunity to make sure that those gifts can work together. Prior to our announcement on Vision Sunday, about a month earlier, we invited Pastor Danny to be part of our team. And that was an incredible day. I mean, this year has been a really incredible year. I've just, this year has been a great, exciting year for me and for Kath and for our team. And Pastor Danny joined our team and came up here on stage and spoke a few kind words and, and we got really excited about our future. But someone said to me, well, two people said to me on that Sunday, they said, wow, it's going to be pretty secure to have Danny on your team. And I said, well, that's what I aim to be. I mean, everyone loves Pastor Danny. Everyone knows Pastor Danny. And I can consider it an incredible privilege to be able to work with him. I, I would also say in order for Danny to work with us, it requires a measure of humility on his part because he's led a church for many, many years. And for him to be part of the team as he is now, that's a measure of humility. The gift's not in question. Hopefully the gift in my life is not in question. But what makes it work together is when we add the fruit to it. And can I just speak into some of your marriages? Maybe your problem is not giftedness. Maybe it's the issue of fruit. Maybe there's just a little bit too much pride. It's not the gift. Maybe it's a little bit of insecurity. But if we can identify that, God will bring help because whatever He reveals, He heals. He doesn't reveal anything in our life to hurt us. He reveals it to heal us, not to hurt us. But we have to be open. We have to be open to those things. And so I, I don't know about you, this is a very special day, but I'm really, really excited because I get to live out a boyhood dream. I get to work with apostol, uh, part of uh, an apostolic team, with apostolic team members. And I just think about, wow, what could happen as we move forward together? I've said it many times before, I really believe with all my heart that we are indeed better together. I, I don't know about you, but I hope that helps you understand something of our journey but as importantly, I hope it helps you in your change and your transition. Because I believe we all face change and transition every five years or so. It's whether the you have kids or you get married or the kids leave you like they've done recently to us. Last year, we had a house of five. They went down to three overnight. We've had Mitchie with us for the last week. Now he's gonna leave us this afternoon. Uh, it's all right, it's okay. And you have to be able to make the shifts. You have to be able to make the change. You have to be able to do those things. Otherwise, we'll start projecting and we'll miss the blessing. That is what God intended. Amen. Can I just pray for you this morning? And then we're going to hear from our senior pastor, Pastor Paul DeYong. He's put a little video together for us. Father, I thank you for this incredible day. I thank you for your leading. I thank you for your spoken word. I thank you for the people that you've placed in our world to bring the yes and the amen and the confirmation. I thank you, Father, for the wrestles that have been won. I thank you, Father, for the future that is ours. I thank you for the things that you are doing and I thank you for the things that you are going to do. I ask in Jesus' mighty name that you would continue to minister to us as a church but also individually into the marriages, into the families right now. Those that are facing shifts, those who are facing change, those that are facing transition. I pray, dear God, they would hear from you. I pray they'd have incredible people in their world. And I pray, Father, they'd be up for a fight, up for a wrestle to find out what's really going on on the inside in order that the best possible decisions are made. And we ask that today in Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said, Amen. Who wants to hear from Pastor Paul Dion?
Yeah, come on. Let's put our hands together and turn your attention to the screen. Hey, everybody in Adelaide. How you doing? A big hug from all of us here in Auckland and New Zealand. And seriously, I think we can say it now. Welcome to the family of life. Man, God is doing some amazing things. Uh, some of you may not know me or Marie or a whole lot of the team here in Auckland, but Marie and I have been married now, get this, 39 years. Can you believe anybody could marry that long? But uh, we are happily married and we've been in ministry. This year, we'll be celebrating 40 years of full-time ministry. And it was 30 years ago that we planted life with a vision for God to see the church glorified to take on things that others had never even believed was possible. And so even at this season, we're so excited again about the transition into life that Adelaide is making and what it means to the church and every family, every individual, because together we're always stronger. It's the Bible that says one will put a thousand to flight and then two can put 10,000 to flight. And we really live with a passion to see the kingdom of heaven here on earth, growing all the time. Seriously, I want to congratulate all of the leadership there in Adelaide for hearing and obeying God, because sometimes this can be man-made. But for us here in Auckland, we needed to know it was God. And same, pastors Tony and Kath and all of the team, it's kind of like, is this God? And if it is, we're going to be obedient. Not only that, but I want to thank the congregation for their incredible support in the transition. All I've heard is great responses. And all of us here in Auckland clapped, are praying for every one of you and believing together we can become so much stronger. Can't wait to be a part of Life Adelaide real soon. In fact, right now we're diarizing when I can get there. I'm going to come and speak on the Sunday and looking forward just to meeting people. And again, just for hearts to be merged. I think there have been just one or two people that have questioned about Pastor Danny Guglielmucci. And again, now that the transition has taken place, is he staying around? Well, Danny is a dear friend of mine. Danny and Sharon, we've been lifelong partners in ministry. And of course, he is a part of what's happening in Adelaide. Not only that, he's a part of the life bigger picture. And we've just talked about the next 12 months being in that equation. Let's see how it works for him. For us, is it God going forward? But partnering, we become stronger. So I just wanted to say, you know what? There are thousands of people here in New Zealand praying for you. And together, we're going to see God lead us into the most exciting days. We love you. That's great. Come on. Thank you, Pastor Paul. You know, one of the greatest things Paul said to me in regard to this transition is, Tony, we don't want to come in like this. We want to come in like this and just help lift all that God's placed in your heart into the future, Adelaide and beyond. Isn't that awesome? So good. Pastor Paul, Pastor Marie, we love them and really looking forward to an incredible future together. Thanks for listening to this podcast. We trust that you're encouraged by this powerful message. You always have a place to call home here at Life and we invite you to join us for our Sunday services at our Adelaide campus. If you'd like to know more about Life, then visit our website at lifeadelaide.org or download the Life Adelaide app and stay connected.